Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavel. And today is December 16th, 2022. And welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Guess what? It's our year in review podcast. I'm so excited because our analysts are going to talk about, hey, this is what I said. This is what happened. And here's what to expect in 2023. So I'm going to introduce some. We're going to start with Jeffrey Rosinski, consultant to the stars. He's going to talk about dairy. Hello, Jeffrey. Great to be with you today, Mike. And also we have Sean Bingham, our director of risk management. Hello, Sean. You're going to be talking about the economy today. I am. And we also have Craig Ruffalo, vice president of McKinney Flavel. He's going to be talking about corn and sugar. Hello, Craig. Hey, guys. How are we doing? We have Eric Thornton, our commodity specialist, who's going to be talking about wheat. Hello, Eric. What's happening, Mike? And finally, and last but not least, Nicole Thomas, Vice President, Information Sales and Services for McKinney Flavel, talking about the edible oil markets. Hello, Nicole. Hey. Hello. Happy holidays to everybody on the call today, or the podcast, yeah. I should say. And uh, we're going to dive right into it, everyone. We don't have time because there's a lot of you. So let's go. Jeffrey, talk to us. What has happened in dairy and what is going to happen? I'm going to specifically focus on just the dairy markets today because it's been quite the year in the, uh, in the, in the dairy industry. So uh, kind of year in review, we started the year, for those that were well, on this call and remember a year ago at this time, um, culling was taking place rapidly. The, the herd was shrinking. Uh, prices were rising and economies were kind of emerging out of COVID. And uh, we, we had quite the tumultuous year. Um, prices ran up in the, in the first half of the year during flush to record-setting prices across a range of different, uh, different products, everything from whey protein concentrate, isolate, um, caseinates, all the dairy proteins were on a kind of a, a, a fearsome bull rally and ride. Non-fat dry milk also ran up to about $1.85 and butter um, set a historic all-time high price. And I'm now looking at the end of 2022 and kind of as we go into 2023, feeling a bit more optimistic that we're going to see um, not, not as much volatility and an easier market to navigate for um, the, our listeners on this call who have to buy these different dairy products. Um, the herd has recovered a little bit. So we're 25,000 heifers above where we were uh, a year ago, which is, which is great. We've got two more months left in the year to uh, maybe add a little bit more to that. So I'm optimistic that um, come January, we'll be even higher than where we are. We get a milk production report coming out next week on Monday. So we'll be analyzing and commenting on that and kind of po posting about that. Um, but I'm, I'm optimistic and, and feeling a little bit better about 2023 than I think where I was, where I was exactly 12 months ago in, in terms of uh, you know, what this year would look like. Excellent, Jeffrey. Great recap. Let's move over to Sean and talk about the economy. The last podcast we did on this last December, you said the S&P would be lower by the end of the year. You I said did. the feds would raise rates at least 75 points. And you said, guess what? Inflation's coming so what I happened? Did. Well, you just you took half my commentary right there. Yes, you're oh. right. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So uh, last year, last December, we were staring at uh, 7% inflation. I don't think a lot of folks thought it would get a lot worse, but it did. Uh, CPI got as high as 9.1% in June. 
like you said, my prediction was that we, uh, it wasn't the prediction, but we hadn't had a 10% year over year drop in the stock market in about 13 years. And I thought we were due given everything that was going on. And, uh, and I did say we would end the year lower than we began. And we started, or uh, we ended on December 31st of 2021 at 4,766 in the S&P. We are at 3850 roughly. So we are down 19% year on year right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, that was the bad news. We also, the market was looking for the Fed to raise 75 basis points. And I was pretty convinced based on where the funds rate was at zero to uh, 25 basis points, that we'd have to do a lot more than that. And we did. And as of this week, we've moved to four and a quarter to four and a half percent Fed funds range. So the Fed in a in what is record uh, speed has raised the funds rate 425 basis points in the uh, starting in March, basically. So what's going to happen going forward? That's a good one. So I'm going to be a little bit more upbeat this year. I love it. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're going to, st- it's going to start off bad. I think we are, we are absolutely, you know, the Fed, uh, Powell th- this week basically said inflation was worse than recession. And so he is going to continue to raise rates at least another 50 basis points in the first quarter of next year. I think we're going to have a fourth, a negative fourth quarter GDP maybe a negative second quarter GDP, but I think that's going to be it. I think we're going to see the stock market bottom in the first quarter. You know, it's a forward looking animal. So I think the market will start to see that recovery later down the road. It looks like the Fed may taper rates towards the end of the year, but I believe the market will be well ahead of that. So I think next year is going to look, as far as stock market's concerned, is going to look a lot better than what we saw this year. Uh, A little bit on energy, I'm trying, you know, if we do get into that recession and negative GDP, it's going to put a lot of pressure on energy. But we have about 300 million barrels of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to put back. So we think, you know, Biden said earlier that that would happen somewhere between about 72 and 67 dollars a barrel. And I think that's probably going to put a floor in crude oil. But I think on average, we're, we're probably looking at a crude oil price between 70 and 75 bucks uh, for 2023. So better stock market, pressure on, on energy prices, but uh, with, with needing to replace that SPR, I, I don't think that we're going to see a, a big drop in any of these uh, energy commodities quite yet. Okay, great. That's moving forward. Thank you, Sean. Let's uh, shift over to Craig, and Craig's going to give us uh, a recap on uh, sugar and corn. Uh, one of the things on sugar, you had said a range on the world market between 18 and a half and 21 cents, and you were talking in the mid-30s for the number 16. Craig? Yeah, so I think those both came to fruition. Uh, we're sitting here probably looking at 2022's average for the number 11, somewhere close to that 18 cents and and for the number 16 we never really dropped below 34 cents so right in the mid 30s so that's kind of a good quick recap on sugar as far as we predicted this year to go i don't think any of us predicted some of the changes in the commercial side of the thing that we have seen in 2022 for sugar 
But, uh, you know, that's just because who would have thought that we would have had a late plantings and then, of course, a late harvest and some concerns over the summer about actually getting physical product to people's plants on a timely basis. Uh, you just can't predict all of those things. But going forward, 2023, the number 11 market, uh, I think we're going to see a little bit of the same. We had some concerns uh, surrounding weather in the European community uh, due to drought and some of the beet growing areas. So, of course, their imports went up. I think that they'll continue to do some importing uh, above normal just because I don't think they're going to have a rebound completely in their beet crop. Uh, so I do predict that we'll see a, a volatile uh, number 11 market that will range between 17 and a half and 19 and a half cents. So we're somewhere towards the top end of what I think the range will be for as we look back this time next year. The number 16 market, well, we're going to have great crops in Louisiana and Florida again, barring any weather issues, but I do believe we'll have another great crop, uh, which will mean that there shouldn't be sugar prices in the mid 30s. But yet, Mike, guess what? The number 16 market is going to stay in range bound. It's not going to drop below 33 cents. Uh, a lot of this is going to have to do with the fact that Mexico. Uh, I think the number 16 is trading more on what Mexico's import number will be rather than what the domestic sugar production for cane sugar is. Uh, the beet sugar crop, I do see that we, we're going to get a decent uh, crop again uh, next year, 23-24 crop I'm talking about, because I think we're going to get the acres. It's the weather in the, in the spring. I do think we're going to have a decent spring, uh, which means that we'll get crop in the ground on time. Uh, so we'll have over a 5 million ton crop come uh, October of 2023 as people start forward looking at 2024. So uh, that's my predictions for the domestic sugar industry. We can talk a little bit about pricing uh, offline to those that want to know about what we're thinking uh, for refined sugar prices. Reach out to us. On the corn side, we didn't do a whole lot last year, but let's go through real quick. I think we're going to end up ha having acreage compete for beans again. Uh, this spring, but somehow, some way, I believe we're going to get about 92 million planted. Uh, because again, if we're going to have a decent early spring, we'll get the early crop in the ground, which means yields will probably improve slightly over this year. Uh, so projecting uh, a crop production of over 14 and a half billion bushels is not out of the realm of reality for us uh, come Q4 of 2023. With regards to the overall balance sheet, I think we'll actually have a stocks uh, building year in 2023. That's my prediction for corn uh, because I think Brazil's huge crop is going to uh, allow them to continue to compete on exports. I think the uh, feed demand will actually slow slightly. Uh, so we will, with improved <clears throat> excuse me, opportunity for the 23-24 crop uh, and a little bit of a uh, slowdown in demand against the 22-23 crop, we could see by Q4 of 2023 corn prices relaxing slightly. Uh, and slightly means below $6.50 a bushel. So we could see prices challenge around six ten a bushel basis December futures. Great. Thank you, Craig. Let's uh, shift over to Eric a few things. Uh, one, you're a proud dad. Uh, so congratulations on that. Uh, two, Thank you. Uh, two, uh, we had predicted the Buffalo Bills would win the Super Bowl. I think we're just a year off. So I'm going to go ahead and mm -hmm. say congratulations on this year. Uh, and you also said on wheat, you said ending stocks would grow uh, above what they were. Uh, at the end of the, uh, their projections at the end of the year. And you also said that yield would be between 48 and 50. Yes, that's, that is what I said. But what actually happened? Uh, well, I think I get partial credit on that first comment of ending stocks improving. Because at the time, last year, they were at 583 
million bushels. And in fact, the 21-22 balance sheet did see an improvement in stocks uh, up to 669 million bushels by way of weaker export demand as well as weaker feed demand for wheat. So that uh, certainly was true. But if you look at it in the way of the 22-23 balance sheet, at least as it stands currently, um, we are not in a state of improvement, I'll just say yet, currently at 571 million bushels in ending stocks. Um, so again, not too far away from that 583 from a year ago. And I think we may see a similar story in the next year where uh, exports may continue to struggle to hit the current target and maybe we inch back up um, closer to 600 million bushels. And on the wheat, the wheat yield estimate, and again, this is a total wheat yield estimate. I had said 48 to 50 bushels per acre. And if you recall, last year we had a very bad drought in the northern plains that decimated the wheat crop. I mentioned La Nina and kind of looking at a deja vu scenario into 2022, but I thought that we could eke out a little bit better yield and deja vu certainly it was with drought popping up yet again, except this time in the southern plains, really hampering that hard red winter wheat crop. So uh, directionally, we did see an improvement to yield, but we didn't quite get to that 48 to 50 bushel per acre range I had indicated we only got to 46.5 bushels per acre. So all in all, production was really um, just as bad as it was in 2021. And as far as a, an outlook into next year, I think, again, on, on that topic of production here in the U.S., I'm forecasting that we will see an increase to production, but globally, we will see a decrease to production. So Back-to-back -back years here in the U.S. of 1.65 billion bushels. I think we, we do better than that, even considering how poor the winter wheat crop is yet again. And similar to a year ago, again, La Nina is around, but looks as though that that may fade here in late winter. So I think that crop has potential to turn around. Um, you know, there's going to be some battle for acreage, as Craig mentioned. We'll see where wheat comes out on that. But all in all, I think we're going to be better than 1.65 billion bushels next year. And uh, globally, again, we are back-to-back -back years right around 780 million metric tons. I think we see that number actually come down, namely from a few countries, Argentina for one, uh, Australia, as well as Russia and Ukraine. So we may see uh, an improvement for the U.S., but a decrease globally. And then secondly, my last prediction for next year, from a futures standpoint, I believe and predict that we'll see... First half 2023 average futures trade at a hefty premium to that of second half 2023 futures. Call it a dollar to a dollar fifty um, when looking at the the average. So that's what I see today. Looking out ahead, and can't wait to uh, see how it develops. Excellent, thank you, Eric. And we're going to wrap up with Nicole and her thoughts on edible oils. You. Uh, had said uh, much of the same as far as the oil volatility. And you also talked about uh, this year being uh, a little bit more attention on availability of all of these oils. So, oh, and you also said something about some crazy race in du Dubai. Uh, it was a roller coaster. It was so fast. Roller coaster. Oh, was it a roller coaster race? I don't know. Good grief. The, I think you heard race car, Ferrari, Tesla. I can't even remember. Yeah. Roller coaster ride. We got it. <laughs> we definitely got it. Um, so, yeah, for oils, it, it, <laughs> the ride has continued uh, through 2022. We did, we did get some, some supreme strength and futures. Now, 
I am not a geopolitical analyst and therefore did not see an invasion of a country that happens to be the breadbasket for the uh, <laughs> for a portion of the world uh, being adversely impacted. But we did see those futures appreciate even uh, arguably even more than anticipated based off of what was going on there. Uh, and I think anyone who bought oil or is a buyer of oil user of vegetable oil in 2022 at some point during the year experienced at least one uh, supply issue <laughs> at some point uh, and for some worse than others and pretty much across the board canola soy palm sunflower which turned into a very uh, interesting market that I made no mention of last year but I think overall, uh, a lot of that kind of came to fruition with, with the higher, with the, another year of, of price strength uh, and some issues with, with availability. Now, looking forward, I'm going to step out on a ledge and I'm going to be optimistic. And if you've been listening to me chat at any point this year, you've heard, uh, you know, maybe some optimism at the beginning of 2022 that quickly gave way to dread uh, that then turned into all out cynicism for the rest of the year. So I am glad to say that I think 2023 is going to be better, but I think we're still in for a bit of a ride, at least for the first quarter. Because uh, ultimately, Argentina's weather and ultimately production, along with that that acreage competition everybody's talking about, all this new capacity for soybean crushing, that greater need for soybeans longer term we've been talking about for a while. I think all that's going to give the, the soy oil market one last hurrah, uh, probably for the first three to six months of next year before things settle down in late 2023. And I think, uh, you know, also we're going to begin to see the impact of canola oil in the renewable diesel market, probably uh, on a small scale initially. And, and it may take a, a little time for it to really chip away at soybean oil's share of, of feedstock usage for that for that product uh, today. But I do think we'll begin to bring some of this price equalization into the market between soybean oil and canola oil. And that ultimately, you know, by the time we're having this conversation a year from now, things will look a lot brighter, both in terms of supply, ultimately prices. And it just really comes down to, you know, how rough and tough it gets over the next three to six months. So I'm going to end this on a positive note. How about I that? I appreciate that. You know me. Uh, yeah, that is a great way to end it. Uh, so we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, we wanted to just uh, thank everybody out there for uh, being clients of, of McKinney Favelle, being a part of the McKinney Favelle family. Also, we have our spring seminar coming up on April 26th in Oak Brook, Illinois, and you're going to be able to register for that on our website at McKinney-Favelle.com. It's going to be a blast, a lot of great content, information. And, and Nicole, the theme is what? It has something to do with winning awards. Awards night. I love awards night. For being difficult markets. Yes. <laughs> winning awards at a difficult market. So uh, look forward to that. Go ahead and register early. Get your, your hotel and airlines all booked up. We wanted to wish everybody a happy and safe holiday season as we get on to uh, 2023. 
And as I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family and do something fun this weekend. And until our next podcast, take care, everybody. So long. Happy holidays, everyone. Bye. See ya. Happy holidays. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favell's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favel.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.